0: Alright, it's a beautiful day to be in God's house. Let's get started. Um, If you're just joining us, for the past, I would say, like five months-ish, February, March, April, May, into the fifth month, we've been going through the the words of Paul found in the uh, letter-turned-book of Philippians. And now, today, we are reaching our epic conclusion of Philippians that we started back in February. And I think as I was looking at today, more than anything as I was processing what God had for us today, I, from this series, what I've taken away from it the most is that God has some pretty clear expectations for our lives. Yeah. That God has some great dreams for his people, for you and for me, and he has done the work. God has done the work. This is Philippians 1. He has done the work. He has given you everything you need to achieve his better ending for your life. He has given you everything you need. He has done the work, but now it's up to you. Now it's up to you to choose to take on his way, to choose to take on his values so you might reach the best life can get. And I just want to let you know, if you start to prickle a little bit, this is not a prosperity message. This isn't about getting your favorite stuff in this life. It's about the best life God wants for you. The dream that he has for your life. And so as we wrap up the conversation today and move on from Philippians, I'd like to end the series and this extended study talking about the future, the future in a message I want to call living the dream, living the dream. But let's get, let's pray as we begin. Just ask that God be with us as we study. Jesus, we love you today. We ask that you would just open our eyes to your presence. God, that you would open our, our hearts to your way. God, that we might leave here today changed, that we might leave here today different in your name. So Jesus, as we we learn, as we grow, God, again, we just ask that you would just keep us focused on you, that we might change, that we might be different as we walk out these doors today. So it's in your name that we gather, it's in your name that we'll give, in your name that we sing, it's in your name that we learn and read from the scriptures, the name of Jesus. And we all said, Amen. amen. All right, so this is kind of connected to community time. But does anyone remember what your greatest dream was when you were a kid? Did anyone engage around this question today? A quick show of hands if you actually thought about it, yeah? Okay, cool. What was the absolute best thing that you could have imagined for your future? Did anyone have an answer? Astronaut. You wanted to be an astronaut. Praise the Lord. Where's Don Carlson? Is he in the house? There we go. Let's, let's get you guys to lunch afterwards, okay? Anybody Anybody else? A nurse, awesome. Anybody else? Yeah. How did it go? (laughs) Okay. Montana and have a horse. I love it. I love it. Anybody else? Yeah. How'd it go? I've heard, though, that you still hold a record. You still hold a record, right? Okay. All right. Well, I remember when I was about eight, the most formable and traceable dream of my life formed because my folks, they got me a drum set for Christmas. And, and it was because of them that I decided what I wanted most out of life. Uh, I wanted to be in a band. And John, our sound guy, we were, we were talking about, everyone turn around and say hey to John. John and I, we were talking in the lobby before service about our dream of being in a band, in a musician. I think your exact words, you wanted to be a rock star, right? Okay. But I had no idea how to be a musician. I had no idea how to be a drummer. I had these drums, but I didn't know how to do it, so I took lessons, and I I got okay. Now, along the way, I made a bunch of friends who also played drums and wanted to be in a band, but we couldn't all be in a band with drums. We weren't the blue man group, you know what I'm saying? And so... We sat down and we started to figure out who could do what. And it's there that I, I picked up the guitar and I started fumbling along with guitar playing and singing and songwriting. And next thing you know, we started a band. And my dream, from eight years old, my dream came true. Now from there, the band, we played all over the place. We, we did some fun stuff, late nights, early mornings, and, and it was cool. But then I remember one night, I was probably 23 years old, and we'd been at it for a while, living out the true definition of starving artist. When we were playing a graduation party at, a, at this campus bar in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and I bumped into someone that I had known five years earlier who had started college with me before I got kicked out of college to pursue my dreams of being in a band. Sorry, Mom and Dad, Okay. And so I bump into this guy, and we start the small talk thing, and he's saying, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, hey, how's it going? And he said, yeah, you know, I'm doing great. I'm graduating college this weekend, and, and how are you? And I said, oh, dude, because that's what I did in, like, 2003. I was like, dude, and I'll never forget this. He said, he said how are you doing? I said, dude, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm living the dream. I'm living the dream. And the reality is that, that I was actually living my dream. What was once my greatest possible vision for life, I was now living at 23 years old. I was living the dream. Still in that moment, I remember standing there, you know, thinking, man, I thought the dream would be a little more dreamy than this. You know, playing Sweet Home Alabama in a bar parking lot wasn't the dream, right? Like, it left me feeling like there's just got to be more. There's got to be more to life than this. Have you ever felt like that? There's got to be more to life than this. Like the dreams you had or the dreams you still have in this life, they're either too impossible to keep, and they keep slipping through your fingers. They're too impossible or they're too accessible and they never satisfy the longing that they were meant to fill. And it kind of, it leaves you wondering, like me, it leaves you wondering, like, okay, now what? Now what do we do? Like I've committed so much of my life to chasing down a dream only to come to the realization that your theoretical best life might not be worth your only actual life. Dreams. They can be confusing. But even more confusing and elusive than our dreams is I think what we believe our dreams will bring. We somehow believe that our dreams will bring contentment and satisfaction and joy and and even peace, that our dreams might fulfill this mysterious secret to happiness. And we search for it in projects and people and stuff and all sorts of things that quench our thirst or satisfy our desires maybe for a day or a moment or a season, but in the end, always, always eventually leave us wanting more. And for me, it, it was living for that next song. It was living for the next gig It was living for the next album or recording or tour or review or fan, achieving the goal that I thought would finally give me a sense of purpose so I could take a breath, so I could find peace. But in my experience, even with all the things we did and the success we found, through it all, rest never came. There was always more to reach for. There's always more to reach for. In fact, as crazy and as counterculture as this sounds, the more I chased after and achieved and poured my life into my dreams, into what I thought would satisfy and define me, the more I found, the more lost and empty and burned out I became. Which was honestly really frustrating and a little puzzling, right? Because I thought living the dream was the dream. I thought living the dream was the dream, but there I was with what I thought had, I'd always wanted, with what I thought would always define me and what I was made for. And I was asking myself at 23, what am I missing? What is it that I'm missing? What's the secret here? There has to be more to life than this. Again, I wonder how many of you have ever found yourself on the other side of a dream that never materialized. Or maybe a dream that did, and it didn't complete you, and you're just thinking, man, I I just thought there was more. Maybe it was a job. Maybe it was a relationship. Maybe it was a friendship, a project, a passion that you were counting on to be enough. You were counting on, but it never was. I imagine everyone in this room has been in a place of disappointment because disappointment, disappointment plays no favorites. Disappointment plays no favorites. Even as Christians, as people of faith, we can't seem to escape that boulevard of broken dreams, especially here in Los Angeles. You know, and I I have to believe this happens uh, for a number of reasons, but, but more often than not, as I've been meeting with people and hearing stories and talking, I think more often than not, it happens because we define our dreams. We define the best life could be before we knew any better before we knew what living really was. It's kind of like a five-year-old vegetarian deciding what the absolute best hamburger in the world is. And they say, oh, it's McDonald's, right? And they're, and they're thinking, they're the best burger, I'm five and I'm a vegetarian, best burger is, ham- is McDonald's. And, and they've never actually eaten meat before. And so I'm not throwing shade at McDonald's here. I think it has a place, but it's absolutely not the best burger in the world. But this is the pattern I see where we decide what's best. We decide what's best before we even know what's good. We live and we make all these plans for life and establish what living the dream is, but we do it before we know what it means to be alive. But then, just like most of us in this room, like we have an encounter with Jesus, just like most of in this room, our eyes are opened and we're born again into a new way with new hearts. And new priorities were filled with the unlimited potential and promise. We're raised with Christ from death to life into a whole new way in this indescribable miracle called grace. And now we're new people. And everything has changed. Everything has changed in us. And yet, amen, and yet, for whatever reason, even with all the new, we so often fail to update our expectations. We so, so often fail to update our hearts and minds and the dreams that we hold most dear. And so we're alive with Christ and living in this new life, but we're looking forward and defining success from a dream we made when we were still dead and existing in a dying system. We're building goals on this new thing, but with old bones and old priorities. And it leaves us thinking there's just got to be more to life than this. There's got to be more to life, but, but what do we do? How can we begin to see and believe beyond what we knew before? How can we begin to see through the Holy Spirit as Paul, he introduces us to this new way? How do we, how do we begin to see what it really means to live the dream of God? Well, that's what we see as Paul addresses uh, this at the end of Philippians. And so if you have your Bibles, follow me to Philippians chapter 4. Again, we, we've been going through this now for the past four months, and it's, uh, it's a little bittersweet to say goodbye, but it's a great conclusion as Paul wraps this up. So again, if you have your Bibles, open up Philippians 4. We're going to read from verse 10 till the end. And again, some quick context for the passage. Paul The writer, he is writing this from a first century Roman prison, writing to a first century uh, church in the prestigious Roman colony of Philippi. This is Paul, AKA Saul, a former murderer of Christians who achieved everything he could have possibly wanted. Every dream as a Roman citizen, as a Jewish Pharisee before he encountered Jesus. He was important, Paul, the writer of this letter, He had arrived just like the people he's writing to in Philippi, this prestigious Roman colony. But then after meeting Jesus, his life and his priorities changed. Everything about him changed and it eventually landed him in this jail cell from which he writes, awaiting an unknown future. Paul was living the dream, but now he's living in prison. And this is where verse 10 picks up. And it's a bit of scripture, but stick with me until the very end. Paul says this, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. And this is where it gets wild in verse 11. He says, Not that I was ever in need. And I read this, verse 11, and I I pause and I think, Man, Paul, it seems like you are very much in need. Like you are currently in prison. Locked up in chains. And yet you're saying in verse 11, not that I was ever in need. But here we go. This is what he says. I appreciate your concern, Paul says. Not that I was ever in need. For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. Because I have learned the secret. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. Whether it's with a full stomach or empty and with plenty or little and that secret in verse 13 is one of the most iconic bumper sticker Bible verses out there he says this for Rick Wintermute in the back Are you ready for this Rick for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength one more time let's read it together for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength verse 14 even so You've done well to share with me in my present difficulty verse 15. As you know, you Philippians, you were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent more help, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you, rather I want you to receive a reward for your kindness at verse 18. At the moment I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. No, all glory to God, our Father, forever and ever. Amen. And this is the end. Give my greetings to each of God's holy people, all who belong to Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you their greetings. And all the rest of God's people send you their greetings too, especially those in Caesar's household. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And this is the end of Philippians. We made it. Paul essentially saying in this chunk of scripture, he's saying, Thank you for caring. Thanks for caring, but I'm good. Thanks for caring, I'm good. I've learned the secret to contentment and to purpose in this life. I'm living the dream, Paul says. For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things. I can do all things. And again, this passage is one of the hits, right? Right? it's something we've when you when we started philippians i know that everyone in this room was like i can't wait till we get to 413 this is what's happening i'm excited but this is one of the hits it's everywhere in our even in our pop culture today like a guy wins a super bowl and he he achieves his greatest dream he lifts up his trophy and he's he's on camera and he's so excited and the first thing out of his mouth he just says i can do all things i can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Someone wins a Grammy, right? Someone wins an Academy Award, best new album after that, all that work, they finally made it. And the first thing out of their mouth, they're just saying, yeah, I just want to thank God. I just want to thank God. All glory to God. It's him who gives me strength. We hear it all the time, but it's typically heard in our, in our context after something awesome happens. Right When folks are really living out their dreams, when they worked hard and they made something cool and they achieved the pinnacle success that they thought would define them. And it's in these places that this verse is reassuring to us. It's in these places that it's so relevant. You know, God made my dreams come true, all glory to God. It's so easy to believe when things work out. God made my dreams come true. But, but let me ask you, what, what happens when they don't come true? What happens when they don't? Or or back to me in the band. What, What about when your dreams fall flat and that victory, that award, that fame, that position, that prominence, the former dreams? What about when they don't last? Or even worse, when they don't satisfy. I tell you what, folks aren't quite as quick to recite. I can do all things after they tried something and failed. They aren't quite as quick to recite. So how are we supposed to make sense of this? How are we supposed to make sense when God says we can do all things, that we can step into our best life through Christ who gives us strength? How are we supposed to process failure when our dreams don't come true? Well, there are two quick things I want to point out, two corrections we see from Paul in the scripture that will help us see and step into, I think, the dream that God wants most for our lives. And so if you're taking notes, you can write these down. The first being this. The first correction that Paul brings to us is the correction of context. Context. Or the existing in the reality that God is revealing. This is the correction of context. How many of you know that it's not always what you say, but how you say it? Well, that's exactly what we see here in Philippians chapter four, verse 13. Because we're, we're reading this verse, and I think some of us, maybe all of us at some point, we assume the focus of this verse is I and all things. When the real emphasis from Paul is actually I through Christ. It's not I all things, it's I through Christ. So let me read it back to you one more time, see if you can hear the difference. We often hear I, I can do all things through Christ. When I think what Paul was getting at is I can, I can do all things through Christ, because of Christ. See, the one is about you and what you can do with God's help to achieve your dreams. The other is what you can do and endure and accomplish and make happen through God's strength within you to reach not yours, but his dream, his ultimate dream of redemption and salvation and glory. And this is the first correction I think God brings us in in today's scripture from Philippians 4 because a lot of us, we have been living far too long seeing God as a secondary player to our story. We have been living far too long believing that God is an asset or a resource or a means to achieving what we want most so we can do whatever we want whenever we want. But Paul, he's actually getting at with I can do all things. He brought context to it because he was actually leading out of what he had just said in Philippians 4, the verse before, and he said that I can, I can, with God's help, be happy with much. I can be satisfied with little. I can endure hardship. I can celebrate victory. I can do all things. I can. I can talk about Jesus in the synagogue. I can... Preach Jesus to a jailer. I can do all things in all places through his strength for his glory. I can through him. Say that with me. I can through him. One more time. I can through him because it's his strength. Because it's his strength and his dream that leads me. And this is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying it's his reality I occupy. And what's so cool about this first correction of context is it redefines, I think, what it means to win. It redefines success. It updates what it means to live the dream and gives us eyes to finally find contentment. So that's first, which leads us to our second correction, and that's the correction of perspective. If you want to live the dream with God, context comes first, and then it's a shift in perspective. Perspective, Because when we're chasing the wind of our own success, when we're chasing the wind of our own dreams, even if we catch it for a season, it will always eventually escape our sails, leaving us time and time again stranded, building identity and purpose on the bones of our past, on shifting sand and what the world say says will satisfy But when we allow the change that God made in us, when we allow that change to change our perspective, the context correction to change our perspective and shape our expectations for the best life can be, it's then that we're building on a a new foundation, on the cornerstone that is Christ. And that's what we're hearing from Paul in the passage. Paul was able to find contentment in any situation, because his dreams, his dreams were being built on a new reality that defined success and winning and freedom and peace differently. Paul was able to live the dream in a jail cell because ultimately he wasn't living in his dream. But instead, he was living in God's dream for him. He was a man of the future, living for the future, but still occupying the present. See, for Paul, this side of heaven, regardless of what happened to him, whatever happened to him and through him, he saw it as a win because he was living the dream, the dream that God gave him. If he was hanging with rich folks, eating good food, talking about Jesus, living the dream. Locked up in prison, receiving the generosity of churches, talking about Jesus to the guards, living the dream. Getting shipwrecked on the way to Rome later in his story to tell people about Jesus, living the dream. Eventually being killed because of his faith, because of his outspoken faith, even then Paul said, living the dream. Living the dream. But how is this possible? How is this possible? Well, this is the secret. Chapter 4, verse 20, is he brings it all the way back around to chapter 1, verse 21. If you're taking notes, write that down. Because for Paul, to live, it's all about Christ. And to die is to be with Christ forever. To live is Christ and to die is gain. To live is Christ and to to die is to be with Christ. See, Paul let the change God made in his past update the dreams he had for the future to empower the way he lived in the present. And I'm going to say that one more time if you're taking notes. Paul let the change that God made to his past, update the dreams he had for the future so he might be full in the present. And more than anything, I believe this is what God is speaking over us today from Philippians 4 as we end this study. That even now, I believe God is calling you and me and this community to dream bigger, but also to dream different, to dream bigger, to see beyond our vision and the scope of what's possible with his corrected context, that Jesus is with us, he is for us, and he's leading us. God wants us to dream bigger and redefine the best life can get, not based on what you can do with God's help, but with what God can do with yours. through all the things that make you, you. I want you to know that every other dream, every other dream in this life, this side of heaven will leave you wanting more. Why? Because every other dream on its own will eventually die. The only dream, God's dream, will remain from here to eternity. So it's only God's dream that will satisfy And what's so cool, I think, as as I've been processing this, what's so cool is that more often than not, the way God wants to use your life, the way God wants to use you in his dream for the world is typically through the dreams you already had. It's through the things you already love, the gifts and talents that you've already been living. It's just seeing the all things from a, a corrected context and a proper perspective. It's seeing them in service and submission to what God is is doing, not in submission to, uh, not God in submission and service to what you're doing. And I think that as, again, we've been summarizing Philippians here, I think that's a perfect summary of what we've been processing in in this book. That God is real, God is good, God loves you, and he is for you, and he has incredible hopes for your life and for your future as he's raised you from death of your past into brand new life of possibility. This is is the reality that we now occupy. And God, he wants to lead you to your greatest possible end. God wants you to live the dream. God wants you to live the dream, to be living in his dream, one that is limitless and eternal. God wants you to live the dream. He wants you to live one that never leaves you wanting more never leaves you waiting or striving for more, one that always satisfies and surpasses all we could ask or imagine. God wants you to live the dream, a dream defined by love and beauty and sacrifice and humility, a dream that will carry us, all of us, with confidence and significance from here all the way to eternity a dream that's bought and paid for and available for all who believe. It's available. The best life can get. It's available for you and for me. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what brought you up to this sacred moment in time. A brave new world of contentment and adventure and peace is here and it's waiting for you. But now it's up to you. Now it's up to you to get there. To get there, like we heard from Paul earlier, we need to let go of the past and look forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, committing all we are to the future foundation that we've been given. Keeping our eyes on the prize that is Jesus as he leads us, as he leads you and me to the life we always wanted most but never knew was possible live in the dream and thus concludes the book of philippians i can do all things through him who gives me strength so as we turn the page of this letter the band is going to come up and they're going to lead us in a time of response and reflection time of refocusing our hearts and minds on what we just heard, the entirety of verse 10 through 23 of Philippians 4. And they're going to be leading us in a time of reflection and response as we take communion as a church. And for the past 10 weeks, we've been doing communion a little different. Sometimes the cups were on our chairs. Sometimes they were at the table. Sometimes you came forward. Today, everyone has a cup around them, and so you can get that out now, and you can open up your elements whenever you want. Today, uh, as we do this together, We're actually going to be doing it alone, too, in a way, in that this is up to you. It's up to you to respond today and to step into this new way with Jesus. And so as the band is leading us, they're going to lead us in a new song today that I think really helps solidify the conclusion of Philippians. It's called, Yet Not I, But Christ Through Me. At any point during this time of worship, I just encourage you to take the bread and take the cup. It's a time of reflection and response as a way of submitting to Jesus again and aligning your life with his, with his dream for the world. But as we do these um, and as we close, I just want to let you know that I, I know that the core of who you are, at the core of who you are, you want to live a greater life of faith. Everybody here, there's so many great things to do on Sunday morning in Los Angeles, and you are here at church And so I know that you want a greater life of faith and you're here for that reason. And so as we respond and reflect, there's just one thing I want you to be processing as we receive communion, as we sing, as we worship, as we give. And that is, if you did a real internal audit of your life and your heart and your mind, what would you say, sorry, whose would you say, whose dream? Are you really living for? If we're just really honest, whose dream are you living? Is it yours and the dream God gave you? Um, or is it, is, it, is it your own as you're pursuing your own thing? I just wonder whose dream are you living? Because, again, God has a dream for you, God wants to include you in His good work. God wants to lead you and bring you to a place of peace that surpasses all understanding. God God wants to make sense of everything you've experienced before. God wants to bring purpose to your past. God wants to do all these things. But it's not until we step into that corrected context and receive that proper perspective that we can really begin to live the dream he has for us. So whose dream are you living for today? Whose dream are you living? Is it yours or is it the Lord's? And again, the song we're closing with today, it's so beautiful. It's called, Yet Not I, But Christ Through Me. And this really is my prayer for you, context and perspective, that your dreams for life, that your dreams for for your family, that your dreams for your career, that all these things would be rooted and established not in your strength or feelings or aspirations from before you knew Jesus, but instead by saying, yet not I, but Christ through me. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, yet not I, but Christ through me. So we're going to be receiving our communion in just a minute. We're going to be worshiping we're going to sing we're going to pray but as we do i just want to pray for you pray courage over your life as we conclude philippians chapter four and uh, as we take a time to sing jesus we love you and we thank you jesus we ask that you would just open our eyes to your presence god that we would remember today all the things that we've pursued that let us down that we'd remember all the different ways we have chased after the things of this world and it's always left us feeling empty. But God, help us understand that you are the only one that will satisfy. And God, that you are inviting us to live within your dream, living the dream that is your good news and your gospel from here to heaven. And So Jesus, we ask that you would just be near to us today, that we would hear from you, God, that you'd be able to strip away, strip back all the layers of life that we carried in here today that we might be able to finally say, Jesus, it's you, it's always been you. So God, we love you and we thank you. We ask again that you would just be so near to us right this moment as we remember the sacrifice you made so we might live in your dream. And God, as we stand, as we sing, as we give, as we go, God, that we might leave here changed with a new perspective, a new context, and a new trajectory for life as we establish new goals and new dreams in your name. Yet not I, but Christ through me, Jesus. Let that be the cry of our heart today. So it's in your name that we pray, in the name of Jesus. And we all said, amen.